So we're going to go back there, and you have notes. If you have uh, your phones, your smartphones, you can go on the U version and go to live events. And these notes are these notes are on the live event. And I just want to kind of share. This is going to be this is this is really um, this is really an important part of this series. And I, I believe I, I really. I need the Lord to help me and to help your ears to hear what I'm saying today. And uh, and I just I just really believe that this is a this is one of those kind of breakthrough messages. Now it's not because this won't be accompanied by a lot of shouting. I'm just telling you it won't it won't be. It won't be breakthrough because you get some like emotional charge out of it. But it's because in the spirit realm, this is what God is really trying to do in this day and in this hour. And I think it will bear witness with your spirit. And the breakthrough will come because the truth of this, the spirit of truth that's on this will set you free. Because every one of us need freedom in this particular area. And so we're going to begin where we began last week in the, in the, uh, the key verse for this out of Exodus 19, 4 and 5. It says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now that's the, that's a very key part of that. You know, it's it's not the it's not so much the eagle wings. The eagle wings were the how. You know, God uses eagle wings when He tells you how He delivers you. He many different places throughout the Bible He talks about mounting up with wings of eagles. That's because He's telling you how He delivers you. But the second part of this is the why. The why is the most important part of this because if you just get the how and you don't know why, you can't walk in the, you can't walk in the purpose. For, for example, it's one thing to, it's one thing to get saved and give your heart to Jesus and, and experience a, a cleansing of your sins. It's another thing to walk as a son or a daughter of God and, and experience victory in your everyday life. And so here's the why. He, he says, how, everybody say how. How is I bore you on eagle wings. He delivered them powerfully through, through the prophetic, through, the, through miracles and signs and wonders. Because that's the kind of God we serve. And I know a lot of people are trying to like take miracles, signs, and wonders out of the gospel. But if you take miracles and signs and wonders out of the gospel, then the gospel loses its power. And so he's, he says, how I bore you on eagle's wings, but why? Because I brought you to myself. I need you to I need you to really get in on that line. I brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice 
and keep my covenant, walk in covenant relationship, because a covenant is how that how we get joined together. You know, a covenant is is a covenant is something more than a than a contract because you can break a contract. But you cannot break a covenant. Covenants are eternal and covenants are for life. When a man and woman come together and stand before the proper authority, what they're doing is not making a contract, although that's how it is in our culture. It's looked at as a contract and therefore it's easily broken. But when God looks at it, God looks at it and says, this is a covenant. And what God hath joined together... Let not man put asunder. You with me? And so, if you obey my voice, keep my covenant. Now listen to this. Then, everybody say then. Because this is a really awesome promise right here. This is a promise from God. Then, then you shall be a special treasure to me. You will be special to me. I know that's that's really you got to let that soak in, because most of us we live in the world of I'm I'm not good enough. I've never done enough. I've never been enough. We lend, live in the land of not enough. Guilty. I mean, that's how we're kind of, that's the reflection we get from the world. You're not enough. You're just not enough. God says, you're enough. And you're so, you're so enough that you're a special treasure to me. You are a special treasure to me. And see, the, the specialness isn't, it, 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 it's in who you belong to as much as who you are. Right? Everybody say right. You know it. Lord, help them open their eyes and help them know I'm right today. So like, I was, you know, I, I love, I love music. I'm, I'm a musician. So I own multiple guitars. Like every good musician. Been, uh, it's been many discussions in my house about how many guitars do you need. I just need one more. My guitars are special to me. They don't mean that much to her. I have this Gibson ES-335TD, which was made in 1970. I, my dad gave it to me when I was a kid. It probably cost, back in that day, $400, $500. Today, they sell these guitars, that, those vintage guitars for, you know, twenty, twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. B.B. King played a Gibson ES-335. 
I saw online where a man has a signed Gibson ES335 that was played by B.B. King. You know how much they're asking for that guitar? $55,000. Now what's the difference between that one and one that you can just walk into a, a, a music store and buy a 335 for around, nowadays, around $2,000. The difference is who owns it. The difference is who owned this guitar. The fact that, I mean, I don't know if you know who B.B. King is, but if you don't, the thrill is gone, baby. <laughs> he even, his guitars he named. Can anybody know what B.B. King's guitar name was? Lucille. Y'all are awesome. I mean, you know that guitar is special when you name it. Because sometimes you've had to sleep on the couch because of it. And so God, bring this back to God. God says, you're a special treasure to me. And the specialness is not just, not just the fact of who you are, but whose you are. Are you with me? You see, I don't have this inflated idea of who I am. I have fought all my life to, to figure out who I am. I have had struggles with who I am. And most of them is because I have, I have beat myself up and had constant beat downs in my life over who I am. But the one thing that's becoming clear to me and needs to become clear to you, if, if it ever is going to get clear, it's got to happen and it needs to happen right now. The church needs to figure out whose we are in order to live out of this treasure. Because if you don't live out of this treasure, you'll live in a poverty spirit. And so he says, you will be a special treasure to me above all people. Above all, all the people, you're special. For all the earth is mine. I, I own it all. It's all mine. But you're special. Look at your neighbor and say, you're special. Now look back at them and say, you are too. I mean, I, I know that... I know that that is you know we, you know why you're laughing because we don't say that enough. We don't even think like that. We're not even cognizant of that because of the way our culture is so good at beating people down. I mean, look. This is, this is something that has to be addressed. So I, I want to do that this morning. As a special treasure, write this down. Number one, you belong. You belong. This is a most fundamental, important principle 
that you will ever come to recognize in Christ Jesus that as a special treasure, you belong. He said, you're my special treasure. You, you belong, you belong to him. And so the connection, this belonging, gives us purpose and meaning. It's how we were created. It's how we are wired. We're wired for connection. And yet what's the most difficult thing for us to do? We're wired for connection. What's the most difficult thing for us to do? Connected. We're wired for connection. What do most of us spend most of our lives doing? God said this in Genesis 1.26. Listen, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. If we know anything about God and the Trinity, which is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we know of the, that, that this triune God is powerfully connected. That the Father and the Son and the Spirit are one, and yet each one distinct. And, and so he says, let, make, let us make man in our image. So the purpose of man was that God could reflect himself through the man, and the part of that reflection would be connection. So Adam was created with this connection to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now you got to follow with me here because this is really, this is really important. So if you follow this thought of, of connection, then I want you to write down these four words if you have your thing. It's acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. Acceptance, Identity, security, and purpose. These are, these are the fundamental, basic, deep needs of man. We need acceptance. We need our, our, our identity. We need security. And we need purpose. When God created Adam, he created Adam with these four needs. But the question is, is what does this mean? So acceptance, write it down. Acceptance is simply knowing you're loved and needed. That's what basic acceptance is. It's what something we all yearn for. We yearn to know that we're loved and that we're needed. How I many of you know that's a very strong drive in a person? Number two, it's identity. It's knowing you're significant or special. Knowing you're special. We all need to know our identity. I'm going to go through these quick. Number three is security. Knowing that you're protected and you are provided for. That's a strong 
sense in our, in our human makeup. And number four is purpose, knowing. Actually, I, that should say knowing why you're here. Knowing why you're here. Knowing that you're here for a reason. Knowing that you were created for a special, special reason. That's what purpose is. Now, let's go back here. Once you, once you find out that you're loved and needed, it opens you up to finding your true identity. But if you don't, if you're not accepted, it's really hard to find your true identity. And then if you don't know your identity, it's really hard for you to find any security or protection because you will live your life then out of fears. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And then comes your purpose. You'll never come to your purpose if you don't know. See how they're all intrinsically tied together. We're driven to have these needs met our entire life, whether you realize it or not. Every one of us sitting here today want to be loved and accepted. Every one of us want to know our true identity. Because every one of us want to, we want people to love us for who we are. And here's the thing, many of us put fronts on our entire life because we're really afraid if you knew me for who I really was, you would reject me. This is why I'm saying there's a breakthrough here for somebody today because while you've been trying to meet your needs, then we have to ask this question is where do you go to get these needs met? Where do you go to get your acceptance, your identity, your security, your purpose? Where do you go? Many of us go to our spouse. That's our first inclination. How many of you here are married? I mean, you know, one of the driving forces in why you got married is you look to your spouse to fulfill those four needs in your life. You didn't marry somebody that rejected you when she said, when you said, would you marry me? She said, nah, I don't know. When you, when you said, will you marry me? She said, yes. Well, what she was saying, I accept you. You kind of like that. Then, and then you, you find your identity in each other. You know, you can be, you ever notice when two people live together so long, they start like looking alike? I'm not dying my hair red. You start finishing each other's sentences? Sometimes you stop talking because you know what she's going to say. When you're first married, you just talk, 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 because you're like, you're having to learn. I got to learn how she, then after, you know, for us, it's 42 years. I could look at my wife and I said, I know what she's going to say. <laughs> Honey, I bought a new guitar. Oh, oh, 
we'll talk later. I, I sold one. Oh, that, this is a discussion we need to have later. But you see, what I'm saying is, is we get it from our spouse. Some of us get it from our friends. You know, if you're not getting it from your spouse, many times you start branching out and you start looking for your identity and your acceptance in your, in your relationships. Come on now, I want, to, I want you to let's think about this. Because this is important. This is important as believers. And when you start, you, that's why you, need to, you do really need to be discerning who you bring into your life. Don't, don't be deceived. Bad relationships corrupt good character. Y'all said, Pastor Mike, that's awful close to meddling. Oh, you ain't heard nothing yet. Many of us are looking for it in our children. This is one of the challenges when you have children in keeping your keeping things real and, and stuff. You have to be careful because many parents are actually codependent on their children. <laughs> and so here's what and you said, why is that a problem? Because listen, can I, I just want to make this statement. Because this is something that needs to be taught again in the church. You are not supposed to be your children's best friend. You parents need to stop trying to be. You say, Pastor Mike, that we shouldn't we be our children's friend? I suppose that should be somewhere down the list. But first and foremost, they need a mother and a father to parent them. And if you're trying to be their best friend, then you are a weak parent. I, I didn't think you'd shout, so yeah, but, but that might be a source of a breakthrough for some of you because as long as your kids are relating to you as a best friend, they are going to manipulate and use you to get what they want. And here we are, we're trying to see, we're trying to, we're trying to be families that reflect the very character and the nature and the identity and the purpose of God. And here we have our children running all over us. Glory. Well, somebody needs to say it. You know, when your kids are grown and they're out of the house, you know, then then you take up a different role. It's true. Everything changes. You relate to them different. Then then you give advice. And they can take it or they can leave it. But as a parent, I'm not just giving advice. I say, as long as you're in this house, now how do how how can I do that? I do that on the basis of my connection, because I see things you don't, son. I know things you haven't come to know yet. Trust me. Well, I don't like it. 
Later, you're going to come and thank me. Right now, you can hate me. And so, you see, we get it from career. Many people get lost in, in a pursuit of, of, of a career, and that's where they find their identity and their, and their purpose, and, and they get consumed in it, and, you know, and then they, 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 they say things like, I'm a workaholic. No, you're not a workaholic. What you are is you're confused in your identity. People look for it in their parents. They look for it. I, I could go, I, believe me, we, we could, and maybe we will come back to this later, but not, I mean, not later today, but I got to get somewhere. People find, look for it in money, position, power, church. Many of them look for it in themselves. And, I, you know, I, I don't need anybody to, to uh, affirm me. I, I get it from myself. I mean, that's a typical, like, self-help approach. You don't need anybody, you know. And, and here we are. We have all these self-help ideas and things. And we live in a pretty much an independent, uh, isolated society where, you know, it's, it's the most isolated generation ever with all this connection listen to me with all the social media with everything going on around us we still live in one of the most isolated cultures ever in the history of man because before we used to just sit down and talk now we do it in 35 words or less hello And so where do you get, you know, and notice there's something absent. What's absent from this list? God. Now, I, I did that on purpose because, you see, the, the, the fact is, I know that, you know, we would say, well, I follow God. You know, God is, but, but the reality is many of us struggle in this area too. Can I just, I, I'm just going to have a moment here of honesty. I've been with God for 30-something years, and I still have struggles in this area. And so I, I want to point out to you how that is and why that is. There's three problems that, that you're going to have if you, if you go for outside of God to get those needs, those deep needs met in your life. Number one, the results will always fall short of your expectation. If you're looking for somebody to meet your deepest needs, they're always going to fail you. It's just guaranteed. So if you're a wife and looking for your husband to, to, to fulfill you, your husband's always going to come up short. You men are scared to death to say amen right there. I see they're like, can I just say this though? Men, your wives can't fulfill your deepest needs either. No matter who it is, listen, is your church can't fulfill your deepest needs. And, and, and because that, that person 
It never was meant to fulfill all your needs in your life. Number two, you'll lack inner resources that you need to love. Because we're all limited in how we can love people. And we're all, we're all so, we're all so broken in our own ways and many times we just don't know how to love people and, 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 and although we know we should love people, many times we just lack the inner strength, the inner direction to be able to, to love people and so we're always coming short. Number three, you'll always walk in a perpetual offense because in your needs not being met, you'll always be offended. You'll always be offended. You will always be offended. This is the nature of our day. Everybody's offended. Everybody walks in a perpetual state of offense because they have open wounds and, and scabs. Did you know in the, in, the, in the Old Testament that priests were not allowed to enter into the Holy of Holies when they had scabs? You know what a scab is, right? A scab is an unhealed wound. The reason God didn't want them entering into the temple and into that holy place with scabs is because they would never be able to relate and connect to God the way they should as long as they had unhealed hurts. That's why the scripture is very clear that we should get healed that there's healing for us. That you come to God and you find God is the source of your life. You find God for your acceptance. You find God for your identity. You find God for everything that you need in your life. And let God heal you and then you can walk into the things that God has for you as a special treasure to God. Because you're not disappointed at how your needs are not being met. You're fulfilled because every need that you have you realize is being full. Filled by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in your life. Therefore, we live out of a fullness and not out of an emptiness. We live out of the treasure and not out of the emptiness. We live in a world that's empty. There's an emptiness that's across the planet. Do you recognize it? People don't even know how empty they are. There's a sense of emptiness and then what comes alongside of emptiness is hopelessness. And I love what Julie shared this morning. Because in this, in this day, there's such a sense of hopelessness. We're seeing it manifested in our nation. As this emptiness is what's driving people to act stupid. I'm sorry. I mean, there's just like a spirit of stupid been released on America. But I realize what's driving this is emptiness. And what's behind emptiness is hopelessness. And what Jesus said, he, he, he looked out at people one day and he had a, he had a glass of the water that was used on the feast that day. And he poured this water out and he said, if any man thirst, if any, and it says he cried out with a loud voice so everyone would hear him. 
And you see, this is the church. The church should cry out with a loud voice today. Are you thirsty? Are you empty? Come unto me and drink. And whoever drinks from this water will never thirst again. Hallelujah. But how do we do that if we're just as empty as everybody else? How do we do that if we haven't come into our peculiar place and our peculiar treasure with God? How do we do that? How do we do that? We have to bring our needs to God. Are you with me today? Our deepest needs can only be met by God. Because when you transfer, listen to me, this is, when you transfer your expectation to having your deepest needs met to a person, which is usually your spouse, for all of you who are married, this is the main source of breakdown in marriage today and relationships in general, is you're transferring your expectation to having your deepest needs met from God to a person. Which you are ultimately setting yourself up for deep disappointment and that person for failure. Because nobody can meet that deepest need in your life but the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to help some I'm trying to help some marriages here today. Because some people are like this close. And they're saying, I can't take this anymore. I can't take this anymore. I can't live with him anymore. Why? What's usually driving that? He's not he's not meeting my need. She's not meeting my need. But you see, when you transfer your expectation to having those needs met by a person. You are setting yourself up for disappointment. You know what disappointment is? The word dis means to be removed. Appointment means to have a a, a destiny. So when you set your hope in something other than Jesus, you are setting yourself up to be removed from your destiny. This is good stuff right here. I don't care if you're shouting or not. Amen, Pastor Mikey. I got to encourage myself here because I'm looking at y'all and you're like. I'm telling you, church, I know this is a, this is the thing. See, I've been around this for a long time. And see, at the beginning of this year, God spoke to us and said he's about to do something that has never been done before in the earth. You know what that is, I believe? I believe he's going to get our relationships right. I believe he's going to get us connected to him like we're supposed to. You see, this is the challenge because many of us want to go to church. God wants you to be the church. Many of us would like to visit the mountain. God calls you, hey, come up and 
Why don't you live in the mountain? Oh, Jesus, I need your help. Let's, you ready? Let's go on. What is the connection? Now go with me here. Then the Lord God said, I see that it's not good for a man to be alone. I will make a com- uh, the companion he needs, one just right for him. The companion, one just right for him. God's purpose is to put you with people that is just right for you. And I used to teach this. Now listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, can I just be vulnerable and honest with you? I used to teach this, that the reason we got married is because we were all really jacked up and that we're supposed to help each other get healthy. This is completely erroneous. God's will is, is not, to, not for you to find somebody broken and then fix them. God's will is that we find somebody connected to Him and we're connected to Him and then in this connection with Him we walk out a life that demonstrates the place where God has restored us into fellowship first and foremost with Him and with one another. Because this leads us to some messed up thinking. Like, first of all, we think, well, I can fix him. <laughs> Hello? Well, I know, I know there's some issues here, but, 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 but no, here's the question. Where's the connection? Because we're not supposed to, we're not supposed to come together on the hope that there is a connection, but on the truth that, and the reality that there already is a connection. How many of you know things just go better with Jesus? That's why last year I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter. And every couple that comes to me, And says, will you marry me? The first thing I do is say, here, read this. And then if you feel like you want to pursue this, come talk to me. In the letter, I state that I am a minister of the gospel. I am here to present Jesus to a broken world. And in that, my my responsibility is to uphold the truth and the standards of God's Word. And therefore, I will not join together a believer and an unbeliever. How can two walk together unless they are agreed? I'm not setting anybody up for failure. Dude, it's hard enough when you walk with Jesus to live this thing. It's impossible to do it where both people aren't 
connected to the Lord. I know this is, but Pastor Mike, shouldn't you do this as a way of outreach? That's as smart as you marrying somebody or dating somebody as a missions project. I think we should hold marriage in high esteem. I think our job as a church is to call people to their deepest connections with God. Many, when my wife and I got married, we didn't. Neither one of us were serving God. The only reason you you can say, "Wow, that's awesome, Pastor Mike," that you and Terry have been married forty two years, it ain't because I'm so good. It's because God rescued our marriage by rescuing us. And so I, I, I just think, I, I think, here's, I got a, man. The Lord said, I see it's not good for the man to be alone. So he didn't, create. was Adam created lacking anything? Did Adam lack anything? No. But what was not good about this is he had no one to, to demonstrate his wholeness to. And so that's what on the basis that God says it's not good that man be alone. In other words, he's got no one to love. He's got no one to show his completeness. So I'll make him a helpmeet. And the man said, finally, one like me. Was Eve complete, uh, created incomplete? No. One like me with bones from my bones and a body from my body. She was taken out of a man, so I will call her woman. So you see, the connection that they had was based on their connection to the God the Father. You know how to get your marriage revived and happy and blessed and enjoy it? You know how to really get your marriage where it's got some life and zzzz, whatever. You know how to get your marriage healed and delivered and get it where it's supposed to be? Get connected to God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, and your marriage will be awesome. But any disconnection in your relationship like this is going to be manifested in this. There was nothing lacking in the man, but the ability to express his completeness was. After the fall, our connection to God was broken, and so were we. Yet we have taken on the impossible task to complete each other in what only can be found in God. Say amen. So what we have to do is get this connection with God right. That's, that's what the church is here for. We're here, we're here, we're here to fix that connection to heaven. And amazing things happen on earth when things get connected to heaven. That's why Jesus said, pray like this. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
The connections in heaven are great. And God wants our connections on earth to reflect that. So you see, here's what men want. Men want a Porsche. I mean, that's what they look for in a woman. They want a Porsche. Something hot and sassy. That's why I married my wife. She was hot and sassy. Hallelujah. But here's what, here's what usually happens is because women have been so battered by men their entire lives, by the time we get them, they look like this. Come on, Betsy. Come on, one more time. Start. Come on. Come on. Come on. You know it's true. No, I don't know. The women are mad at me now. I'm just, listen, I'm not done yet. Because here's what women want. Yeah, should I say any more? In fact, that, notice there's some parts missing on that bike. You better be careful how you ride that bike. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Women want a man that'll get them somewhere, and then they end up with a guy with two flat tires. You men got strangely quiet. Now all the women are laughing. Well, now you can say I made everybody mad. Because this is what relationships really involve in our world. And the reason it works out like this is because we keep transferring our meeting of our deepest needs from God to people. This is what, this is what, you can, let's, let's just change this. What people want from the church. They want a church like this. They want a church that can get them somewhere. And you know, when I, I would have put a, now Roy did this. I put a, originally when I, I put a Bentley up there. Because I feel like a woman really wants class. I've never been in a Bentley a little out of my price range I'd have to sell all of my guitars to buy a Bentley my wife says go ahead <laughs> but this is what people want in a church they want a church that'll take them somewhere and all that but then their their ability to connect with God in the church and connect with each other through the church is another story This is why city circles, I believe, this year are going to be so pivotal. Because the number one thing we're going to do, we're not, we're not here just to try to get you to connect. If all you do is connect with the church, then we've accomplished very, very little. 
But I will tell you this. The fact that many of you are disconnected from the church is because of a reflection of your disconnection with God. And you are hiding like Adam and Eve did after the fall. And after that fall, when they had been, up to that time, had been walking with God in the garden, God comes looking for them, and where does He find them? He finds them hiding, and because the enemy of connection, listen to this, the enemy of connection is shame. And when God walks up and says, what are you doing? They said, we were afraid Because we were naked and ashamed. When God created them, weren't they created naked? But they had no awareness because they were clothed with the glory of God. And when the glory of God was lifted because of sin, their shame and their nakedness appeared. And the thing that keeps people from connecting in real relationships is shame and fear. Write it down. Shame and fear. I was naked and ashamed. Then what does he say? I was afraid and I hid myself. Listen, from this this man's heart who spent a good part of his life hiding can you just listen give me, I'm, I'm wrapping this up I've spent a good bit of my life hiding because of the brokenness and the shame and the and the fears of my life but what God is what God has awakened in my life when when he brings us to himself is he wants to show you that your acceptance isn't no longer based on your performance. It's based on your connection in Christ Jesus. That you're accepted in the beloved, Paul said in Ephesians. And that your identity is not based on who you try to pretend yourself to be. It's that God loves you just the way you are. According to Paul in Galatians, who says it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. He wants to set you free from all the masks and all the things that you've been hiding behind. And so your identity is in Him. It's in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So my identity is in Christ. Now let me tell you something. Let me tell you, God loves you just the way you are. But he loves you too much to let you stay that way. So based on your connection, he just keeps drawing you into his presence. And in in his presence, he starts working on all these areas of your life. He wants to free you from being dependent on people for your your self-esteem. Hello. Some of you, your, your life rises and falls on whether people, you feel like they like you or not. But I can tell you there's a place in God 
where you are so happy with who you are and whose you are that it doesn't matter how men react to you, you are secure. You feel safe and protected because you're in his hand. And the world can hate you. The world can stack up against you. And you're like, but God, I am so thankful that you love me and gave yourself for me. I am so thankful that I'm connected to you. I don't care. Let the heathens rage and the people imagine a vain thing. But Lord, I belong to you. I am yours and you are mine. And on the basis of that connection, Lord God, I am not going to be afraid of what man can do to me. Many of you live in fear of rejection, fear of not being accepted, fear of not being loved, fear of what's going to happen if. And what God wants you to do is get so intertwined with him that everything in your life will be filtered through Him and nothing can touch you. Nothing can hurt you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Death nor height, principalities or powers, nothing can separate me. Why? Because I'm connected to Him and I am never going to let that go. I want you to bow your heads with me. See, for some of you, the healing that you need in your marriage is found in your connection to the Lord. You've been hiding. You've been ducking. The Lord's called you into his presence, called you into that holy place. But then you got scabs on. You got scabs on. You got unhealed hurts. But the Spirit of the Lord is here today because he hath anointed me to tell you that your scabs are healed in the name of Jesus. That all your past hurts and past rejection are covered into the blood that he has accepted you and loved you with an undying and unending love and that that love is so strong, so powerful that you're made perfect in love. There's nothing lacking in you. The devil has lied to you and told you, yeah, but I'll never be good enough. I'll never be strong enough. I'll never have enough. I'll never be enough. The devil's lied to you just like he did to Eve. And the whole purpose of that lie was to disconnect you. And God says, I'm here to reconnect you this morning. I'm here to save your life. I'm here to save everything about your life. See, that's where we come up with that saying, if it's important to you, it's important to God. It's not because we're trying to superimpose our will on God's will. It's that God's trying to superimpose His goodness on your life. How many of you know God is good? Part-time? So let's say it. God is good. All the time. And all the time, God is good. You feel that just kind of liberate you? 
Because some of you have been wondering, has God forgot me? No, he's not forgot you. God is good. Say it. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. So you've got to let that connection with the goodness of God permeate your life. Bow your heads with me. Well, that's the whole purpose of being swept off our feet today. Because many are standing on a, on a bad foundation. They're trying to get their acceptance from people. They're trying to find their identity in some relationship. They're trying to find their security in something. They're trying to find their purpose in some work that they're doing. Lord, I just open those doors up that have held people captive today. That you said if you would just hear my voice, obey my voice, then you will be a special treasure unto me. while your heads are bowed this morning can I just ask this question just between you and God I'm going to say yeah Pastor Mike it's true I've been trying to I've, I've been trying to do this my way find it in my resources and I'm, I've just run out of I've just run out of steam and I need to turn this over to the Lord. I need to find all of my deepest needs met in Him. I need to drink from that well. I need to drink from that water. So I'll never thirst again. I'll never be dissatisfied. I'll never be empty again. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I need. If that's you, would you raise your hand right where you're seated? Thank you. Thank you. Lots of hands. Father, we bow our hearts right now. Lord, these are these are special people. They're people whom you value with tremendous love and tremendous value they don't feel very valued the enemy has beat their brains out and the enemy has lied to them and tried to sell them a bill of goods tried to distract them, tried to discourage them tried to destroy them but Lord it's so easy to see their value in relation to the price that you paid for them that's how we know the value of something, by the price that one's willing to pay for it. Lord, you paid the ultimate price for every one of us. You laid down your life, Lord, for us. I pray today that breakthrough would penetrate hearts and minds here this morning. Because of that, God, lives will be restored. 
as they're brought to you, Lord. Because in the fullness of your presence, there's joy. There's peace. There's power, Lord, in your presence. Forgive us, O Lord, for all the things we've let disconnect us and distract us. Forgive us for the emptiness and the hopelessness that we've let set up shop in our hearts and our minds. Today, God, I declare that broken off people in Jesus' name. That the glory of the treasure, the glory of the treasure will be revealed to them now. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're at work right here, right now, in this stillness and in this moment. And you're speaking to people. You're you're opening prison doors that have held people for years. Things that have captivated people are being broken off their minds right now. Oh, hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are connecting us to the Father in bonds that can never be broken. It's a covenant that can't be put asunder. We belong to you, Jesus. We belong to you. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for doing a work in hearts right now. Father, I believe. I believe. I believe. So I want you to look at me for one second. I'm gonna I'm gonna call the prayer team up here and dismiss this service some of you have been living your entire life like a refugee I know we got this big ruckus going on in the country about immigrants about strangers very interesting to me that the real the real revelation to me in our in our land today is that many of us are living like refugees outside of God's goodness outside of God's house outside of everything God's provided because the devil's convinced you that you're not you're not enough you'll never be enough you'll never have enough And I want to say this to you, and I want you to hear me this morning. The Father says, welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. See, you've got to let that, you've got to let that sit and settle in. Because you see, once these people set foot on American soil, I watched somebody, they were talking about this, uh, I don't know when. But they said, once a person sets their feet on American soil, they're given 
rights and privileges that they never had in the countries that they came from. How much more do we need to understand when you set foot into the kingdom of God, all the chains, all the lies, all the bondage, all the hurt, all the brokenness is cut off of your life and you are welcomed into the family, the house, the sons and the daughters of God so that you're no longer a slave but a son, a daughter of the Most High God. Now live like it, think like it, walk like it, enjoy it. Because you are the household of faith, the sons of the living God, created in His image, reflecting of His compassion and His love. Now just be it. Stand to your feet.